This is RMB's Data Analytics Podcast with Matthew Burnett, where we look at the insightful role that data analytics plays for decision makers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Data Analytics Podcast. I'm Matthew Bernath. I'm the head of data analytics at Rand Merchant Bank. And joining me today is Jessica Spira. Jessica is the sector head of healthcare and hospitality at RMB. Hi, Jessica, and thanks for joining us today. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on your show. Jessica, how are your clients adopting data analytics, and especially during the very recent turbulent time, I imagine, in the healthcare industry? Uh, so, Matt, I am uh, responsible for covering the large corporate segment of, uh, of the market. And specifically with respect to healthcare, we cover the large hospital groups and the large pharma groups. And obviously, they've been front and center uh, over the last eight months with the COVID pandemic being a healthcare pandemic, of course. So, um, it's been a very interesting time to be covering these clients. And um, irrespective of the COVID pandemic, all of our hospital groups have as their one of their main core um, objectives in their strategy to become much more digitally enabled. And that's obviously not necessarily data analytics, but it's a precursor to, to the data analytics. So this is an absolute critical um, driver for their, all of their businesses. And really, I think the data analytics and digitization will make um, the hospitals a lot more efficient in what they do, help them with the recovering money from payors, um, you know, really just basic business um, business efficiencies. But most importantly, they're also using data for patient records and analyzing patient outcomes from various drug treatments and also building better patient profiles and predictive models to effectively anticipate, diagnose, and treat disease. So if you just look at the COVID pandemic, as an example, um, that's been totally data dominated. For the past eight months, all of us, uh, even those who aren't involved with healthcare, have been bombarded every day with data cut in every which way possible. Uh, epidemiological models coming out of our ears. And some of us have even learned how to pronounce epidemiological <laughs> models. <laughs> but, um, but really, I think that the data has been incredibly powerful in the treatment of COVID. Um, if you look at how, how quickly uh, the treatment protocols have changed and adapted and, and been adapted and adopted all over the world as a result of the data that's come out of the various treatment protocols that have been implemented around the world. And, um, and even now going forward, where we are at the moment in terms of the pandemic, we also have, um, we're also using data to determine and evaluate the efficacy of vaccines, which is the next phase of this COVID pandemic. So data, real massive underlying um, driver of every of the way that we're treating the disease i completely agree with you that digitization is not necessarily the same as data analytics but it's a massive precursor and of course digitizing things like patient records can certainly help hospitals not only offer their patients better service but actually better health care as well Jessica, you were heavily involved in SPIRE, which is First Rand Pandemic Relief uh, Initiative. How was data analytics used in, in the SPIRE initiative? So thanks for raising that, uh, Matt. I think it's something that, uh, as a group, First Rand is incredibly proud of the initiative that we, we formed at the end of March, um, which is really a fund that was established in order to help the healthcare, or at least uplift the public healthcare system and support it uh, through the crisis. And um, it wasn't only money that we gave, but also a lot of support through um, uh, project management and, and other expertise that we have throughout the bank that we, we, we really contributed to, to fighting the crisis. Um, 
But I think that from a data perspective, it was actually a great use of data that in terms of how we, um, we actually rolled out our SPIRE initiative because we used a lot of the epidemiological models, both internal, our own, as, as well as external, in order to actually project where the virus was going to move. So, for example, we would focus on the Western Cape uh, initially because that was where the first spike was and then focus our attention elsewhere around the country because we knew that, that as a result of the modeling we could actually see where the virus was traveling and we changed our, our focus accordingly. So we absolutely were very data-driven. Um, in addition, we also um, contributed quite widely in the support uh, for the economics work stream, which I think you were involved with, uh, where the data modeling was really a critical part of that. But I think you, Matt, can probably speak to that a lot better than I can. Now, Jessica, I mean, it's very interesting to to hear how RMB was involved, because as you say, a, a number of different expertise were involved from project management to data analytics to building our own models to obviously administering the fund. So certainly, uh, things across the board. Jessica, besides being involved in Spire, you've you've had numerous roles throughout your career at RMB. How do you see data analytics changing the way that we work internally as a bank? Well, Matt, I've, I've been at the bank for almost 20 years. I joined in 2001, which is a, it's a lifetime ago. And um, when I originally joined the bank, I joined in the debt side of the business. And um, in 2001, we were running our entire loan book on Excel. Not joking. So <laughs> over the last 20 years, it's been a massive transformation from where we were and to, into where we are at the moment. Um, you know, those are a digital journey, but also as a result of having proper systems in place uh, of, of being put over the years, we can now actually do proper data analytics. Um, but not only have I seen transformation in digitization in the bank, but also just in terms of the way that we approach um, our clients. So when I joined in 2001, we were a very product-focused bank. We were really rolling out a bunch of you know, cookie cutter type of products to all of our clients. And quite soon after that, we actually changed to much more of a relationship model. And, and in fact, currently in my current role, it's actually a relationship role. And we're trying to see the ways that we can actually add real value to our clients um, across the board, um, not only giving them banking products and good advice, but also using the data that we have at our disposal as a bank uh, to actually make their lives better. So a lot of the projects that we're working on at the moment uh, is to try and see if we can use our data that we have uh, for their own benefit on a sort of shared value type of mindset. And, uh, you know, that's really strengthening our relationship with our clients, uh, you know, for our business generally. So hopefully it's uh, all in the right direction. It's interesting that you mention Excel. Um, as, as you said, I think RMB has come a long way, but many companies around the world still run on Excel. Indeed, we've still got many Excel models running in the bank as well. And a good friend of mine said to me earlier this year, he said, if, if we think that um, COVID has stopped the world, imagine if one day we woke up and Excel stopped working. It would be a, it would be a massive issue. Disaster. <laughs> Jessica, you've got two young children and you've spoken about how data analytics has changed the way we work over the past 20 years. And certainly, as we know, it's going to change the future and the future of work. How important do you think things like STEM education are for the, to prepare our children for the future of work when they start working? Well, Matthew, I have an 11-year-old 11, 11 and an 8-year-old. And uh, they're both absolutely digitally capable and proficient. And I think it's really as a result of them having exposure to not only their own gaming uh, consoles, but, but also because they actually get STEM education at school. And I don't think that the STEM education at schools is really up to scratch at the moment. It's got a long way to go, but the schools are trying as hard as they can. 
But um, I do think that going forward, it's going to be a critical part of any curricula uh, for all schools, uh, public and private. I think, sadly, of course, an inequality that might be perpetuated um, as a result of um, public schools not being able to actually provide such STEM education will unfortunately um, not set up a lot of the school students accordingly. And so this is something I think we need to try and think of as a country as to how we can actually educate all of our kids uh, in STEM education going forward. I think you're quite right, and I think that's something where I can I can say that I'm quite proud to work at R&B, where a number of us in our spare time or through our work at R&B are helping to assist a number of public schools with STEM education and really bringing digitization to those schools and showing what is possible. But Jessica, fascinating to hear about your career at R&B, how data analytics has changed it, your involvement in Spire, and your clients in the healthcare industry. And thanks very much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to R&B's Data Analytics with Matthew Bernath podcast. Subscribe now for more episodes.